This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture. I'm Dashran Johan. And today I'm joined by Hezrul uh, Ashraf and Julia Jacobs. So we have one story for you today. Um, the percentage of women directing top-grossing Hollywood films reached historic highs in 2020. But there's still plenty of work left to be done. So we'll be discussing the findings of the annual celluloid ceiling report and also why it's important to have more women working behind the scenes on film sets. That's right. And if you have anything that you'd like to share with us, you can always tweet us at BFM Radio or you can send us a WhatsApp message at 018-789-8899. Yeah. And, you know, as I just brought up earlier, the percentage of women directing top-grossing Hollywood films not only saw an increment in 2020, but it also reached historic highs. So this is according to the 2013 annual celluloid, uh, celluloid ceiling report, which has tracked women's employment in film for the last 23 years. So women comprised, in 2020, women comprised uh, 16% of directors working on the top 100 grossing films in 2020, which is up from 12 12% in 2019 and 4% in 2018. Women also comprised 18% of directors on the top 250 films. And this is up 13% in 2018 and 8% in uh, 20, 13% in 2019, sorry, and 8% in 2018. So it is worth noting that all but one of last year's top 10 grossing films were released in the first quarter. And this is be- before the widespread shutdown of theatres all over the world. And and overall, women accounted for 23% of those working in key behind-the-scene roles. And by key roles, I mean directors, writers, executive producers, producers, editors, and cinematographers on the top 250 grossing films in 2020. And this also is up uh, from 21% in 2019. Yes, and while these numbers suggest a step in the right direction, at the same time, they also highlight the imbalance and gender inequality that has been plaguing Hollywood for years now. Um, the 23% that we brought up just a second ago is just 6% higher than, get this, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So Martha Lausen, who's the executive director of the Centre for the Study of Women in Television and Film at the San Diego State University, said, and I'm quoting her here, the good news is that we've now seen two consecutive years of growth for women who direct. And this breaks a recent historical pattern in which the numbers trend up one year and down the next. The bad news is that fully um, 80% of top films still do not have a woman a woman at the helm. And to put things into perspective, in 2020, only 9% of the films employed 10 or more women behind the scenes, while 71% employed 10 or more men. There may be a shift in trend taking place, but it needs, you know, I think it needs to happen quicker, much quicker. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is important to note, though, that 2020 could have been an even bigger year for women directors if it wasn't for the pandemic. So some of the highest grossing Hollywood films of the year at the worldwide box office are Wonder Woman in 1984, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, mm. uh, Birds of Prey and Mulan. And all of these are helmed by women. However, if it wasn't for the pandemic, 2020 was also supposed to see the release of Black Widow and The Eternal. So considering that these are Marvel properties, they would have most likely smashed it at the box office Mm. too. And this may perhaps, uh, hopefully once and for all, uh, end the whole, um, you know, nobody wants to watch a film directed by a woman argument that, you know, a lot of studio execs seem to use. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've discussed, you know, a lot of numbers, there's been a slight increment, but we've also said that 
you know, it's it's a lot needs to be done more and quicker, right? So, what do you think of the numbers that we've uh, you know just discussed? Are you happy that there's progress? Well, I think considering the year that was 2020, where everything kind of came to a, a standstill, right? Mm. I mean, any sort of progress is good yeah. um, as, as far as I can see. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I know that, you know, earlier I said that, you know, it's only 6% higher than 20 years ago, mm. right? That 23%. Um, I, I, yeah, I think any mm. any rise in numbers needs to be celebrated lah, regardless. I, I think it's also about uh, creating a, I think, a sustainable culture, right? And not just uh, pinning progress on, on, on numbers or on, mm. on, on statistics. And I'm just curious as to what, um, you know, even even with films that do employ 10 or more women, you know, what sort of culture is instituted and to, to what extent does that, you know, I guess how does that compare with films that employ more men as well um, and not just simply... Uh, you know, trying to increase the number of women in, mm-hmm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, how is it? Uh, is it a conducive environment for yeah. women to work mm-hmm. in as well? Yeah, yeah I think those are important. And um, do you, but do you think, do you get excited, right? Because like there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, needing more women directors, more uh, women working behind the scenes of, of on, on these film sets. Do you as a consumer get excited when, you see, for example, in the marketing or in trailers when they say, you know, it's directed by Patty Jenkins, for for example, and it's a woman. Do you get particularly hyped up because of that or does it not matter? <laughs> I have to be honest, it doesn't yeah. really matter to me. But I mean, that's not to say that I don't, uh, that I'm not happy, you know, to mm-hmm. see a, a woman director at such a, a a huge film, right? Something that we know is going to be a blockbuster um, mm-hmm. and, you know, something that is uh, not, not some indie film, for example. Nothing against indie yeah. films. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we've been, we've become so um, acclimatized to men directing all these mm, yes. big blockbusters, right? So for me, um, as a woman, also, it's very interesting to see how they approach things, how they approach the women characters in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting for me in that sense but uh, it doesn't mean that I would watch it specifically you know only because it's a women director mm-hmm. and I ignore the male directors for, for yeah. example yeah I, I definitely have to agree but I um, I get more excited when I see uh, a diverse cast That's that I right. don't expect yeah. to see mm-hmm. especially if they're uh, you know remaking a movie where previously it was um, say you know all either all male or, or all white and then have people of color come in mm-hmm. as well as women and uh, it's just nice to see you know those um i guess those plot lines being strengthened by by a different cast especially when it comes to movies that are remade yeah and yeah. i have to agree with you that when i see uh maybe if it's some uh, a diverse crew or yeah. a diverse cast right that actually excites me so like if it's and this is a male of course but if it's like taika waititi mm. for example that excites me or you know any any of the filmmakers female filmmakers as well who's not necessarily white and American. (laughs) Definitely. Those actually really excite me. Yeah, I think this, it excites me as well for a couple of different reasons, right? From a business perspective, it's always great to see people getting more opportunities, right? For the Mm -hmm. longest time, this this whole idea of Hollywood being dominated by the, the white male, you know, and everything, the movies and all are just sort of put out in their image it's their perspective yeah. and and a lot of times you hear about not you know the power imbalance in hollywood between the genders and and uh, you know being, and this this has caused a lot of problems so to to see more women uh, being you know at least giving up op- given the opportunity to work up behind the scenes not just uh, as filmmakers but even you know from the from the interns to the to the random crew members <laughs> to the to the person serving as donuts and everything you know i think like mm-hmm. in all aspects if you have more women uh, it's it's big it 
I think it's just a healthier environment and you you know you don't get just this one-sided domination and I think also from an art perspective it does make a difference um the kind of product that ends ends up coming out right because if it's directed by a man you get a certain gaze mm-hmm. whereas when you when it's directed by a woman the perspective is completely different and that is also something we'll dive more into in the second half of our show later we do um later when we speak to Nadia Hamza who's a Malaysian filmmaker So um if you'd like to send us a thought we do want to hear what you have to say do tweet us at bfm radio you can also uh, whatsapp us 0187898899 so we do need to go for a very quick break now but after the break we will be speaking to as mentioned Nadia Hamza a Malaysian filmmaker on her thoughts on the findings of the study we discussed earlier as well as the importance of having more women work behind the scenes on film sets stay tuned this is the daily digest on the bigger picture bfm 89.9 Welcome back to the Daily Digest on the Bigger Picture. I'm Darshan Johan and I'm joined by Julia Jacob and Hazrail Ashraf. So, before the break we broke down the findings of the 23rd annual Celluloid Ceiling report which highlights that the percentage of women directing top-grossing Hollywood films not only saw an increment in 2020 but it also reached historic highs. However, the study also shows us that there's plenty of work left to be done as women only comprise 16% of directors working on the top 100 grossing films of 2020. Right, and the question we're exploring is why is it important for there to be more women working behind the scenes of movie sets? And to share her insights on this, we've got Malaysian filmmaker Nadia Hamza on the line with us right now. Nadia, welcome to the show. To start off, what were your initial thoughts when you read the study? What stood out to you the most? Um, to be honest, like we have been witnessing this um wave of change in Hollywood um especially with representation so to have um the statistics from the study and the study and the numbers and everything sort of really uh, solidifies the effort that is being made over in Hollywood in in terms of being more inclusive and you know it also also sort of like um uh strikes out the fact or the notion that if anything was directed by a woman would be a flop because uh, you know you highlight the successes therefore that will be amplified and a lot of a lot more investors will feel more comfortable about you know choosing a female director or having more uh female uh you know female centered uh story or, or just you know just basically having more more women work in film And Nadia, why is it important for more opportunities to be given to women to direct and work behind the scenes? Um, I would say it's really, really important because, um, uh, as we all know, the film industry is a very male-dominated one, um, and therefore uh, the content, the stories that have been produced have been very male-skewed. So, um, in order for us to show uh you know uh, the reality of life uh, it needs to be all of this needs to be substantiated like the presence of women especially in the process of creating um this content uh so that's why it is really 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 important i feel to have more women work in film 
Nadia, just like any other industry, right? People in the movie business want their films to make a profit. And the age-old argument by studio executives is that people don't go out to watch movies directed by women. Do you think that these arguments still hold up in a post-Wonder Woman era that we are living in? As we know, Wonder Woman, which came out in 2017, was directed by a woman and grossed more than $800 million at the global box office. Um, at this point in time, of course, I would want to believe that it doesn't. However, um, you know, we really have to think about, you know, um, th- that is the sort of thing that's being amplified by the media and film critics who are mostly male. Mm. Uh, and because, like, for the average moviegoer, when they go out and watch something, when they choose to watch something in the cinema, they don't really think about whether the director is a man or a woman. They really go in for the story and effects or whatever that they're looking uh, for watching a movie. So, you know, it really it really is about like, you know, what is being taken out of context and is amplified that really, really sort of like skews the perception of female directed films. So therefore like it doesn't it doesn't hold any weight at all and it, it needs to change. Now, some argue that the likes of Wonder Woman only made money because it's a huge franchise and that non-tentpole movies would still not be watched uh, if they're directed by a woman. How would you respond to this? Of course, like I would, like I said, like I've maintained that, you know, I, 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 I don't agree with that. Um, okay, then we need to look um, away from these um, franchises, right? Then you also have Catherine Bigelow who directed Hurt Locker and that was really big mm-hmm. on Best Picture. Um, so it's really about the very small number of women that are being given chances to direct big studio films. If there's not, not, uh, if there's no, not enough women directing, then um, it, it would seem as if you know, if you give a chance to a female director to direct a film that is not part of, of a franchise, it's a surefire flop. Ah, uh, yeah. So you really, we really have to see it from like a from a bird's eye point of view. You know, like you gotta see the bigger picture. The right. number of women who are directing big studio films, there's so few and far in between. Like, if investors and um, all the studio execs are willing to take that chance then maybe they'll realize if we have equal number of men and women directing films, doesn't matter if big or small studio films, whatever, uh, then maybe the, the, the level, it would really sort of like level the playing field. And then we can see like whether really, if, if, if this film was directed by a woman, is it definitely you know, going to be a failure? Okay, let's put aside the business side, uh, perspective and look at it from an art uh, point of view, right? So talk to us about the way women characters are portrayed differently on screen depending on the gender of the director. Uh, okay, let's just think about that opening shot of a Michael Bay Transformers film where Megan Fox is washing the car in a wet <laughs> white t-shirt. Okay, and then imagine if a woman directed that that would definitely not happen because, um, you know, being a woman myself, I do not want to see my gender being objectified or represented in that way. Um, so it goes back to, like, the male-female gaze, you know. Um, it's it's just really, really important um, to have more women so that, you know, there can be more depth in the stories. 
um, you know, the perception or, or, or the representation in films will will change according to how women see the world, which is not always, um, you know, uh, similar to how a man would see the world. And just tying this back to the argument that for the longest time, the primary consumers of cinema, uh, and that's particularly big tentpole films, have been men. Hence, it's better to have male directors with male leads. But perhaps um, the reason this has been the case is because for the longest um, time, there were barely any tentpole films that told stories from the perspective of a woman with a woman, with a woman hero. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I totally, totally agree with you. Representation is like very, very important. And it's it's not just important for us who are already doing this, but it's also important to like really show the kids out there that, you know, they have a place in this world, even if they're a young girl and they want to be a superhero. That's why it's really, it's really, really important. And do you think there's an unfair amount of burden placed on women directors to succeed? So, I mean, you know, if Michael Bay makes a lousy Transformers movie, for example, people just say, oh, that's just a lousy Michael Bay movie. You know, nobody says it's directed by a man. Of course, it's bad, you know. But this tends to happen when the director is a woman. Yes, of course, because, okay, um, you know, when you have like a a big studio film that's being announced, um, the first thing that they will mention Oh, first time directed by female director, <laughs> blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, that's like one thing that the media picks up to amplify because it's new, yeah? And it's also like, you know, uh, Hollywood being more inclusive. Um, so when it is marketed as such, that's what people tend to laser focus on. So when that, when that film flops, of course, like I mentioned, that failure feels amplified. But then that's why people need to see in the bigger point of view where there are more flops directed and made by men than they are by women. Mm -hmm. Because the number of films that are made by women are so small. So when you're looking into this small uh, pot with like, I don't know, maybe 10. And then of course, like, you know, if it's if five out of 10, they, they seem like major failures when they're actually not. All right, Nadia, let's look at the situation here in Malaysia. Are men given more opportunities than women to work as uh, directors of crew members? I think there are a number of very talented female directors who have made one or two features, or more than two features even. Um, They're not given um, the opportunities uh, to direct handful films especially here in Malaysia. So, you know, um, that, 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 that really, really boils down to the lack of opportunity. That's why we're not seeing enough uh, films made by women um, on Malaysian screens. Um, of course, uh, you know, when they're thinking of who to hire as a director, especially for the bigger budget films, um, you, have to, you have to check back on track records. But um, this is the weird thing. Um, there are more opportunities given to men with seemingly zero body of work, like perhaps they were before this assistant directors or whatever, um, to direct these big films as opposed to women who have strong bodies of work and can demonstrate that they can direct, but have not had the opportunity to helm a big studio film. So, yeah... It's like, a, I don't know why, 
because I think there are enough women writers, there are enough women executive producers, there are enough women in there. I think it's just, you know, we all need to just break this. It's, it's a stigma. That's it. Like once, once we break that, you know, the glass ceiling, then maybe there'll be more women directing bigger films. Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point because it reminds me of Patty Jenkins who directed the critically acclaimed Monster in 20, uh, 2003. It even got recognition at the Academy Awards, yet Patty Jenkins wasn't given an opportunity to direct another feature film until 2017, uh, 17's Wonder Woman. So anyway, before we let you go, Nadia, do you have some final thoughts uh, you'd like to leave us with? Um, okay. You know, we're, whenever we watch anything we're always looking to uh be entertained be emotionally engaged be moved um and you know just to watch something that will give us things to think about and um if if films and content are only made by a certain gender that's when you know the that, that's when we won't be able to grow as an industry so people out there also need, um, I'm not asking people to be gentle with criticism or whatever, but people in the media especially should not amplify the failures. Like, you know, they should, it should not be something that they laser focus their concentration on. If something flops, it's by a woman. Um, they, they really, we really need to sort of like celebrate the fact that there are uh, working female directors, uh, working female writers, working uh, female crew members who contribute to the industry as a whole. So, you know, um, I guess people just need to give, 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 give new things a chance. All right. Thank you, Nadia. That was Nadia Hamza, a Malaysian filmmaker. So um, do you find uh, that there's a difference between the way men and women frame uh, women characters? I think Nadia brought up a couple of examples, but what do you all think? Yeah, so Nadia brought up uh, that example of the male gaze, right, mm-hmm. with Megan Fox. and But I, I find it um, to be a mixed bag because uh, you've got great filmmakers like Nancy Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when she made um, when she directed The Intern, she just got a lot of flack for um, you know not portraying um, Anna Hathaway's character as independent enough and and for <laughs> leaning on Robert De Niro too much and uh, you know um, sort of it being an insult to um, to uh, you know just just uh, f- progressing. Um, female, you know, women's women's rights in film, mm-hmm. uh, and how women are portrayed. But then you have um, Theodore Melfi, who directed Hidden Figures, who you know really stuck with with empowering uh, the women, the female characters in the movie. So I'd have to say it's a mix, mixed bag for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not just thinking about films, right? I'm just thinking about things like uh, advertising as well, right? I think a lot of cultural misrepresentations of women, they are perpetuated by an overabundance of male storytelling, mm-hmm. right? And I think, you know, having women directors on board for, you know, films, uh, advertisements, anything, right? They will kind of organically change the way women are represented in all these different fields. And I think that will really benefit, you know, everyone, mothers, sisters, daughters, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, young girls who are watching it, uh, you know, how women are represented in the media, you know, all of this will have a very important um, ripple uh, down, trickle down effect. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think um, it's important, right? This male, this idea of male gaze um, and how it's, it doesn't, like Hazra brought up, it doesn't mean that just because a woman directs a movie doesn't mean you're going to hit all the marks, uh, tick all the boxes in terms of empowerment, in terms of feminism and all that. Mm. But for the most part, for a lot of cases, I think there's a, there's a stark difference between how certain characters are framed. I think two good examples might be, one of it would be, um, let's say Harley Quinn, right? Mm. So in Suicide Squad, the, uh, the first Suicide Squad, uh, David Ayer directed that film. And you even the clothes that she wears, you know, she's wearing a very tight underpants, mm. for example, and she doesn't wear pants and she's always walking <laughs> around like that. There's a lot of shots of her behind, you know, as she walks away. Um, although that, ca- that character as a whole is a pretty empowering character, you know, she's independent, she does what she wants and things like that. There's a way that the, the, there's a sort of the character is sort of sexualized on mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. At the same, and that same character, when it's directed by Kathy Yen in uh, Birds of Prey, it's completely different. The way she dresses, the way she talks, um, this idea of being independent, of being uh, liberated, is portrayed in a very different way in Birds of Prey, uh, directed by a woman, compared to um, Suicide Squad. And I think the same thing can be. Um, seen in like how Wonder Woman is portrayed in Zack Snyder's Justice League, a lot more shots of her behind. Compared to, <laughs> <laughs> it always happens, yeah. And compared to Patty Jenkins, mm. um, you know, portrayal of uh, Wonder Woman. Um, apart from that, right, the gaze, do you all also think there's an unfair amount of pressure placed on women directors to succeed? Oh yeah, I definitely yeah. think so. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Um, because again, you know, I think the fact that they are a woman director is uh, hyped up, right? Yes. Mm. And so if they fall from the mark, I mean, oh, gosh, that's just easy fodder for those who are against the mm. idea of this. Like, oh, why must you? It should be. It should go to who does it best. You know, it shouldn't be a question of man versus woman, right? Gosh, those are the ones that will mm. pounce on this, right? And say, see, <laughs> told you. But I I just wonder though, just going back to Nancy Myers and and the her film The Intern, um. You know, for me, I felt like it was a feel-good movie, mm-hmm. and I just wonder, um, you know, where where can where does the audience and film critics where do they draw the line, and where can we draw the line when it comes to um, trying to look at every every aspect through the lens of you know how how women are portrayed versus you know at what point is it just simply the plot and mm-hmm. and and the plot that 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 women directors are trying to convey. Um, you know, just just sort of uh, suspend people's um, expectations and and suspend um, our reality and and go into the movie and escape into to a whole new world uh, that's different from reality. Mm. Um, and and I also think that um, I mean part of these pressures are also modern, right? I mean, directors these days they need to hit uh, sales records, you know, funding, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's also uh, other forces at work when it comes to putting pressure on on women directors. Yeah, and I think it's the other forces thing that I uh, that is kind sometimes be unfair because mm. I I think it's a lot of times when the the, the example that um Juliet brought up just now when she was uh, asking Nadia Hamza right when when a, when Michael Bay makes a bad yeah. film nobody <laughs> spe- specifically points out his gender. People yeah, people may fair. people may you know really poo-pah the whole mm. film and things like that but they are not targeting his gender you know it's not because he's a man that's why he made a bad film and whereas I feel when with women and not just women when it comes to minorities in general mm. you know people of color and all they they don't just represent 
represent themselves, they seem to be representing their entire gender. <laughs> you know, if you're a black filmmaker, you're repre- mm. representing all the black mm. filmmakers and all that. So if you fail, that's the end for black filmmakers yeah. and things like that. It happens for women directors it's, uh, as well. And I think we will reach a point of, let's say, equality or like equal opportunities and equal re- representations and all that when women or minorities are also have not just you know, given the opportunity to succeed, but they are also have enough room to fail just as much as the men do. Whereas if one female director makes a horrible movie mm. that just bombs <laughs> in the box office, nobody is going to target the gender. People just, okay, that's a bad movie, move on. And another film- female filmmaker will get... Um, the same chance to mm. do another movie, right? That's right, yeah. I, I think, you know, I guess, you know, what I'm taking from all of this is that we really need uh, women representation, especially in the higher roles, especially in directors, mm. because um, I think, you know, studies have found that what do we do? We tend to recruit people in our own image, right? So um, once you have women at the helm, you know, then they start to hire, uh, you know, women in other roles mm. as well. And I think another reason we don't see so much of it is because, you know, when you don't see examples of it in your in in real life, right? So you don't see women directors, you don't see women crew members, for example. You don't associate uh, yourself if you're a woman in that role. You think that that's a male role, you know, that should be fulfilled right. by males, right? So what I'm trying to say is, I think the more that we see women directors coming through, mm. um, the greater encouragement that that will give to other women as well to believe that they too mm. can, you know, uh, carry out those roles as well. Yeah, well, instituting a positive culture. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think there's so many different um, initiatives worldwide. Um, there's something called Free the Bid, right? Which is basically mm. a, um, a, a collective of women who are uh, giving a voice to women filmmakers in advertising, film and TV. So there's a oh, database huh? oh, of women directors there because um, that you can tap on if you are looking. Because apparently, I mean, there was just so few women directors for these sorts of um, um, fi- you know ads and things like that. So they created a database where you can actually go to and look for uh, a filmmaker and yeah. uh, look oh. for a woman. Basically, it's a database that yeah. you can just cool. tap on. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's really, really yeah. cool. All right. So if you like to continue sharing your thoughts, please do. You can tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show. You can, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the, uh, the Bigger Picture uh, crew, you can look us up on Facebook. It is BFM The Bigger Picture. You can drop us a message there. If you missed any part of this show, you can download the podcast on bfm.my slash the daily digest. You can check us out on um, the BFM app. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Coming up at 3pm on Live and Learn, I'll be sticking around to have a chat with Thomas Fan, the chairperson of Bursay 2.0 on the reforms that we need to see in 2021 and beyond to strengthen the pillars of democracy in the country. So that's coming up after the 3pm news. Once again, I'm Dashan Johan with Julia Jacobs and Hezreel Ashraf and this has been the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.